morning. So thank you so very much already. Um, also, there is, and I thought I'd just open it up for everybody, Rhonda, if that's okay with you. Okay. So there is a there's a concert going on uh, August 28th, and we go there. We didn't go last year because of COVID, but um, Faith Fest, and it's in North Wilkesboro. It's hot, but it's we have fun. So if you'd like to go, please let uh, Sister Rhonda know. That's right. We The tickets are $30 unless we have six or more people, and then they're a little less, right? I don't know how much less, but yeah. So, But it's an all-day concert, and there's a lot of big names. So if you're interested at all, let Rhonda know, and we'll take care of that. Um, not take care of it in a financial sense, but we'll take care of ordering the tickets. Uh, please <laughs> Yeah, you got to pay for your own. But let her know, and she will do the ordering for us. And, um, I mean, I plan to go, um, so at least two people. I don't know. But we'd like for you to join with us and, and go and have a good time. They have food trucks and things there. It's, it's really nice. And also, um, Sister Wiseman has asked that everyone stay with us to eat. We're serving the family today. Uh, we're so glad that you guys are here. And we're serving them after after service, then after the memorial, and um, and there's going to be plenty of food. So they're asking for everyone to stay and, and fellowship with the family as we do that. So any other announcements? We will let you know. Um, this morning, this morning, as I was as I was in there getting my, doing my hair, uh, Shane came in and I said, "Is it raining out there?" He said, "Oh yeah, it's uh." He said it's it's drizzly and it's and it's humid. He said your hair is gonna be a mess today. And I just wanna I just wanna let y'all know the devil's a lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But the thing is, when he said it, I thought you know sometimes the enemy tries to discourage us in different ways. He will, he will say to us, this is about to go wrong in your life. This is about to happen. This bad thing is going to, you're not going to be able to make it through this. You're not going to be, a, you're just going to be a mess. But let me tell you, the devil's a lie. He is. We, we cannot, he is the father of all lies and we cannot believe a thing he says. So any kind of negativity, get that out of your life. Because the Lord makes us victorious. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we are so grateful that you allow us to come into your presence. Father, that you allow us to, to bask in who you are. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you ask us to come in and fellowship one with another and that we have this opportunity. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are always with us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you are always with us no matter what we're going through. Father, I thank you and I praise you for every single person who came today and every person watching online. God, I just ask now that you would have your will and your way in every life. Lord, for those who are burdened, those who are hurting, those who are having physical, emotional, spiritual needs today i just ask that you would supply their needs according to your riches and glory by christ jesus have your will and your way in this place that we honor you and please you in all that we say and do that everything that is said and done today would lift you up and honor your holy name we thank you we praise you in jesus precious name we pray amen thank you lord thank you jesus
My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide His face.
open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me.
upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Give him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord, for all you are. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher will come at this time. Thank you for every gift, for all that you do for the church. God blesses, and I'm thankful that he does. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all your blessings. I pray that you'd help us that we won't ever take them for granted, but that we'll always be thankful. I pray that you'd touch and bless and help meet the need today as you see fit. Bless us and touch us. Help everything to be well, and help everything that will happen today will happen right and be done right, and that we'll be blessed and touched by your spirit because of it. Touch and strengthen us throughout this day, and keep us and bless this offering now. The gift and the giver, those that can give, those that can't give, we pray that you bless them also so that they'll be able to the next time. We pray that you touch the message and the messenger this morning, that what we hear will be food for our soul, meat for our table. In your name we ask it. Amen. time now for any prayer requests you may have.
if that's it. I mean, raise your hand for any unspoken requests you may have. Right, stand with me. to that but uh, we will have a time to fellowship but for now if you will turn to your neighbor and and give them a, a hug or a handshake or a high five or something just fellowship with those right beside you yes because we will have a time after um, again we can um, we will have a time afterward to to fellowship and we just um, we don't want to quench the spirit but we don't want to um, Labor your, yeah, labor your rears either. So, amen. So, we were, oh, so I was like, why am I, why am I hearing myself? I don't have a, bless me. Bless my heart. But yes, we are glad again that you are here in the Lord's house. Um, we're, we're happy to, happy to have you. We've been talking about faith for the past couple of weeks. This is our third week on faith. I don't know how many we're going to have. Well, we shall see. The Lord knows. Uh, if you are, we we are online. And hello to everyone who's watching online. We, hey, if you love, if you love the message today, you can go back and listen to the other ones about faith. And you can join us every Sunday virtually. You can join us every Sunday live and in person if you'd like to. We'd appreciate that. But we would uh, also, if you are able to join virtually, that's it's great. Uh, churchofgodcornelius.org yes. 
So today, have a little faith in me. Yeah. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 16. As we build the understanding of faith, we continue to add layers. We started the very first week talking about a foundation, what is faith. The Last week we talked about uh, dead faith and, and having it resurrected. And we can have resurrected faith when we think small. Think in, in small terms. What can you do? I had a I had a, a little surprise this week, and I don't know if it was an act of faith or obedience or what, but I had a don't know if, if anyone else got a little card about faith. And Shane said, that was so nice. Yes, it was. So thank you. Um, but but just those small small things. Think small. Because small steps lead to greater acts of faith. Treat both faith and action as important. We talked about that last week. That we know that faith without action is dead and action without faith is pointless. And trust God's heart. Because he he is always good. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't look like it, he is always good. So today we plan to dig into faith that is living but little little faith. Little faith is a special phrase that is only used in the Bible a few times. The word oligopistos. That's right. In the Greek, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but y'all don't know either, so. Um, <laughs> I assume you don't. I'm sorry. I'm making assumptions. If you do know, then correct me after. Uh, but it means trusting too little, being incredulous, Lacking confidence in Christ, little faith. It comes from the word for faith that we know, paistis, but also from the Greek word for puny. So the literal translation of this is puny faith. The term is only used five times in the Bible, all within the gospel writers. Christ himself uses it as a rebuke to the disciples each time. So five different times within the gospel writers, Jesus is saying to his disciples, O ye of little faith. O ye of puny paistis. Yes. In Matthew and Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord used this when he was asking those to believe. He said, why do you have so little faith when the Lord... Can, you're, you're worried about looking after yourself. You're worried about uh, having enough food. You're worried about uh, having enough clothing. You're worried about this and this the next day and all these different things. You're, you have little faith because those things are already taken care of for you. It's little faith to worry about those things. Also... This term was used by Matthew to describe the faith of the disciples when a raging storm threatened to capsize their boat. Jesus was asleep in the boat, and they all ran to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, wake up. We about to die. And Jesus comes up to the, the bow of the ship, and he stands on the peace, be still. And he turns around, and uh, immediately the storms were calmed. And he turns to them, and he says, Oh, ye of little faith. O ye of puny paisties, why are you doubting? I said we were going to cross to the other side. I didn't tell you that there wouldn't be storms. 
Why are you doubting? When I'm on the boat with you, when I said that we're going to make it to the other side, why are you doubting that we will? Why are you saying, oh, we're going to die? No, I'm here with you. You're going to be all right. As well, when Peter walked on the water after hearing the command of Jesus to come out, and Peter was walking fine, and then he saw the wind. That's a whole nother thing. He saw the wind. But he lost his focus. He took his eyes off Jesus. He lost the the focus that he had just on the Lord, and he began to look at the waves and the effects of the wind around him, and he began to sink. And when Jesus reached out for him, picked him up, and they came immediately to the boat. He said, O ye of puny Pisces, why did you doubt? If I told you to walk with me, if I told you it was okay to step out in faith, then there was no reason for you to continue to doubt. You could have walked with me the whole way to the other shore if you just believed. That's, that's little faith. So, what do these little faith situations have in common? Well, there's a bigger picture involved that little faith is not able to see. So we're in chapter 16 of Matthew. We'll begin with verses 1 through 4, it says. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites! Ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Before we really dig in, there is a necessity in my mind of understanding the setting that they're in. At the end of chapter 15, Jesus had just fed a group of 4,000. 4,000 men, not including the women and children. So we don't know how many were actually there. This is a separate account from the 5,000 that he had already fed that we hear of mostly. But here's a second time that he has fed thousands of people with just a few loaves and a few fish. He and the disciples, after feeding those 5,000, excuse me, 4,000, made their way to the city of Magdala. We know this because of Mary Magdalene. Now, Magdala, also known as Magadan in certain uh, books, this was the wrong side of the track. Magdala was, it was a slang term for the way a woman did her hair to indicate that she was a woman of a loose reputation. So that's why people assumed that Mary Magdalene was that kind of woman because she was from that area. There's no proof that she was that kind of woman, but when you're, when you're in a situation, you kind of get associated with that place right so here Jesus was in this place of a terrible reputation and then he encounters the Pharisees and the Sadducees 
And after he encounters them, and it says that he departed, this is when he and the disciples go to Caesarea Philippi. Now, this place was known for idolatry, and this is not uh, Caesarea, this, the place, or Philippi, the place that Paul wrote to. This is a combined name, Caesarea Philippi. But this is where Peter declares that Jesus is the Son of God. So, in between, in between two really bad places, here Jesus is attacked by the Pharisees and Sadducees. So they're asking him for a sign from heaven. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had approached Jesus together, which indicates how much they despised and felt threatened by Jesus. These two groups did not get along. They strongly disagreed in the interpretation of the law. There were different things that one group, one sect, believed this way about the law and the prophets and everything that was said, and this group held closely to these beliefs, and never the twain shall meet. But the fact that they both came to Jesus to tempt him, to try to catch him in something, indicates that they really could not stand him. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that was kind of where they were. So they asked Jesus to show a sign from heaven. Now, consider this. He had just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves, and they're saying, oh, show us a sign from heaven. Well, to us, in our mind, well, that, that is a sign from heaven. There's just been a miracle, and what are you talking about? But some commentators believe that when someone would do a miracle that was earthly, that it could be attributed to Satan. So those times that Jesus would cast out demons, and they said, oh, it is by the power of Satan that he cast out these demons, and Jesus said, that, that doesn't make any sense. A, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand so satan's kingdom is not going to cast out its own demons that doesn't make any sense but within context it made sense to them because they're seeing these earthly miracles they're seeing these signs on earth oh that's not really from god you got to show us a sign that comes from heaven something like the father speaking and saying this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased or a dove coming down and descending upon Jesus, or fire raining down from heaven, something like that. That's what they were asking for. Show us a sign in the heavens so we'll know that you're from heaven, and then we'll believe in you. No faith at all. So Jesus replied that if they were able to look to the sky morning and evening to determine the weather, they should be able to discern the signs of the times. If you can look at the, at the sky and tell what the weather's going to be, then you should know that I am who I say I am. You should be able to have faith based on just that. Jesus called them hypocrites, actors. We think of hypocrite as, as such a terrible thing. You know, we, oh, that they was so hypocritical. But in actuality, it just means an actor. That in front of everyone, you're acting one way. And really in your heart, you're not having the, the faith that you say you do. You feel like you have to fake it. 
Mm. What so they were asking for proof to believe in him, but he called them wicked and adulterous. They were able to believe ancient sayings about weather, but refused to believe that Jesus was truly the Messiah. And he said the only sign that they would receive was the sign of Jonah, buried in the belly of a whale for three days and then raised up. Jesus says, starting in verse 5, And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Bless their hearts. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have no bread? Do you not yet understand, neither remember, the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets he took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets he took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood this bless. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <clears throat> so beware of the leaven. However long their journey took from from where they were in this case and heading toward uh, Caesarea Philippi. Wherever it was that that this came up, they'd been traveling. And the disciples realized that they had forgotten to bring any bread. It was at this moment when they realized, it, this came to their mind, and they, they began to think to themselves, oh no, don't have any bread. And then Jesus said, y'all, I just want to tell you to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <clears throat> this encounter with the two religious groups had obviously been weighing on the mind of Jesus. This has been what he had been thinking about as he walked along the road or as he was in the boat. So he used this opening as a warning to them, yet the disciples took this as an indictment against them for not bringing any bread. I can just imagine this happening in my mind that, you know, the disciples are just, they're walking along, hanging out with Jesus. And Jesus is pensive, he's thinking, and he's just considering in his mind, like, God, why do I have to deal with these Pharisees and Sadducees? Lord, help me. And they're just walking along, and, and, and he looks at them like, guys, just beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then John and, and Matthew and Tom, and they're all like, bring the bread right I, you, you were supposed to bring it no you were supposed to bring it and they're starting Jesus we're really sorry oh golly we we did so wrong because we didn't bring any bread I'm so sorry God but just, please forgive us we didn't we we meant to but we didn't and Jesus I can just imagine in my mind's eye looking at them guys really really because sometimes what happens is we miss the point. Sometimes 
Sometimes the Lord's trying to speak to us one thing and we're only hearing the physical side of it. We're only hearing what we can see about to right here. And God's trying to take us deeper. And God's trying to say something else to us. But but we're thinking, oh man, I messed up and God's going to be mad at me. I don't know if that ever happens to y'all. That happens to me sometimes. Oh, I messed up and God's going to be mad at me. But that's not the case. That's not the case. He's trying to get me to come along to a deeper place. He's trying to get me to come along and understand better. But I'm not getting it. But it's in this point that he's saying, beware of the leaven of the, of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And Jesus says... O ye of little faith. And I, I just, when we are able to see Jesus in this light, I, I, love, I love it when we're able to see kind of his, because a lot of times we think he was just very, you know, buttoned up and humble. And of course he was, but, but sometimes like guys really come on. Why do you think this is about bread? Why? Why do you think? Do you not understand? Do you not remember? Yesterday, I took seven loaves of bread and I broke it and I gave thanks for it and we fed over 4,000 people. Why would you think that I would not be able to feed you just because you forgot the bread? Guys, come on. Do you not remember? Can you not understand that just a, a few months ago, we were sitting up on the mountaintop, and that little boy brought us his fish and his loaves, and I broke it, and I gave thanks for it, and we gave it out, and we fed over 5,000 people. This has nothing to do with bread. But when we only see that little bit when we have such little faith that we think that I'm going to have to worry about this myself when I, when I have such little faith then I begin to worry and I begin to doubt and I begin to be discouraged and I begin to be anxious about those little things that don't matter because Jesus even if I forget to bring the bread can provide for me he wants to take me so much deeper than that. This warning from Jesus was about avoiding the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and Sadducees. See, a little bit of leaven will permeate an entire roll of dough. You just have to have a little bit to make the dough rise. The Pharisees and Sadducees were students and teachers of the law. They knew what they should be looking for in the Messiah. They knew where he would come from. They knew what type of birth he would be birthed. He, they knew what type of signs they would see. They knew all these different things about him in a, in a sense of reading about him. But they could not reconcile their mental picture of a conquering warrior king with this humble, insignificant man from Nazareth. 
who is often seen spending time with sinners hanging out in shady places. Yet he spoke with the authority as if he had written the book and he did miracles that no man could do. They couldn't put those things together in their minds and so they hated him. So what does this have to do with little faith? He says at one time in here, and what is this what is this about? When my faith is weak, when my faith is puny, it is easier for the bits of leaven, those seeds of doubt, to ferment within my heart. Think of this. Not only did the disciples hear all the negative, disparaging things that the religious leaders were saying about Jesus, they could possibly see their point. His background was strange. He did spend a lot of time with sinners. He didn't seem like the kind of person who was going to overthrow the government and restore Israel back to its glory. So if the disciples had allowed the doubt that the Pharisees and Sadducees were, were throwing out there, if, if they had allowed those doubts to take hold in their hearts, then they could have been walking with Jesus but doubting him the whole time. They could have themselves become hypocritical. Take a sad glance at Jesus. Maybe he's not who he says he is. Maybe maybe he's not really the Messiah. Maybe he's not the one we're looking for. This is why Jesus said, Beware. This is why he condemned them for their small faith. Because if we only have puny faith, if we only have little faith, then those doubts that the enemy tries to bring into our mind, they'll grow. And they'll tear down those things that we do believe. Oh, I don't... I asked for this, but it didn't happen, so maybe God's not good. That's not the way that I wanted this to happen, so oh, maybe God's not hearing my prayers. And so it begins to destroy. And there's a, there's a song, a Casting Crown song, and he says, no one, no one will see if you stop believing. He, you know, he's saying, he's talking to himself, and he's saying, you know, you're going through so much, you're going through so many things, and, and, and the enemy will whisper to you, no one will see if you stop believing. And that's where hypocrisy takes root. Because if we don't deal with that, and, and being able to say, being bold enough to say, I'm having some struggles, that's Okay. Going to someone that you can trust and say, I'm having some difficulty. Can you pray for me? Can you help me? That's all right. But covering it up and looking one way at church and in front of our church friends and then looking a totally different way when we're out in the world or at work or wherever else we are, that's hypocrisy. That's little faith. So how can we build up our little faith and guard against the leaven? Well, there are three things that Jesus says in this passage that we can take to grow our little faith. 
the first thing is take heed and beware. That's the first warning that Jesus gives them. Take heed and beware. We should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. He will attempt to plant seeds of doubt. That makes sense. The, those things that he'll, that he'll plant to, oh, you know, you're, you're not going to make that. You're not going to make it. You're not going to be okay. You're not going to be able to do this. And it makes sense because logically I can see why I won't make it. You're not going to you're not going to be able to pay your tithes and still pay your bills. Oh, sorry. That was just a, a sad note. You're not going to be able to you're, you're not going to be able to trust God for that. God's not going to do that. You might as well just give up on that. And he'll plant those little seeds that make sense if I think about them in a logical way. And then those begin to grow. Because he knows how to pervert the word. He knows this word. He's known it since it was written. So he knows it through and through, and he knows how to pervert it. That's the first thing that he did in the garden. He said to Eve, oh, did God really say that? And he perverted her thinking about God and his goodness. He, he changed her mind about it, and she began to doubt. That's what he'll do. But in each of the five uses of this word, little faith, Jesus is asking his disciples and us to believe beyond the natural. Hallelujah. Believe beyond the natural. He, that he can calm a storm with a word. That he and you could walk on water. That he could provide for every basic need when we put him first. He's asking us to believe those things that don't necessarily make sense in the natural but our faith grows when we put our trust in him, when we say, yes, Lord, I'll believe that. His purpose, the enemy, is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Because if we stop believing, if he can get us to stop believing, if he can plant that seed in our heart, get us to stop believing that God is good, then we'll stop going to God for things. Well, if God's not good, then I might as well not talk to him about it. Or if God can't provide for this need, I might as well not ask him about it. And then when we stop seeking after God, we can't receive the purpose that God has for us. And that's his ultimate plan. That if he can't, if he can't get you to not believe in God, he'll get you to believe that God is not good. And he'll destroy your purpose. He'll try to put you on a path that, that takes you far away from what God's intended purpose and design was for you. The second thing that we can do that Jesus asked the disciples about is to exercise our mind. When he said, do you not understand? Understand in the Greek here means exercise your mind. Do you not exercise your mind? Jesus is asking them that. Do you not exercise your mind? It is okay to ask questions. It's okay. God does not ask us to abandon our brain 
when we serve him. He's not asking us to, to leave our thinking mind out in the car before we get into church. That, that's unnecessary. So when we serve him, asking, seeking, knocking, those are all signs of faith. For those who say, oh, don't, it, it's not right to question God. That's not true. There's nowhere in the word that says don't question God. You go to Psalm and you read all those times that David said, why, God, is this happening to me? Why, God, are my enemies triumphing over me? Why, God, do the wicked prosper and I got nothing? There is never a time that it says to not question God, but just know that you may not always like his answer. Yeah. But seeking him, asking questions is a sign of faith because it shows that we understand he's the one who has the answer. If I'm going to him asking why or asking what, where, God, am I supposed to be going? What am I supposed to be doing? Or help me. Then that shows that I'm not trusting in my own understanding. I'm leaning on him. He's the one who has the answers. But again, just remember, like Job, he began to ask, God, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? And at the end of Job, God showed up. And he said, you, you wanted to talk? Here I am. And then Job said, all right, Lord, sorry about that. Forgive me. You are the ruler of the whole universe, and, um, and you're sovereign. Have your way. Again, his ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. Our little faith grows when we place it in the Lord instead of leaning on our own understanding. And the third thing that Jesus says to them is to exercise their memory. He said, do you not understand? Neither remember. The word remember here means to exercise memory. Anything that he has done before, he can do again. Our history with him builds our little faith. Anytime that he's helped me in the past, I look back on that. I say, if I can make it through that, I can make it now. If he helped me then, if he provided for me, if he healed me, if he did good for me then, he, he'll do it now. Our faith grows as we bring back to memory his previous acts of faithfulness. It boosts my confidence to remember that if, and in the Greek sense, since he fed, because remember, he, he said this to them, I just fed 4,000 people. I, I, not too long ago, I fed 5,000 people. He's reminding them of the good that he's done. He's reminding them of his faithfulness. When we have little faith, ask, Lord, remind me. When I can't remember, when, when I'm so distracted, when the enemy has my mind so blocked up, by the discouragement that's going on. Remind me of those times that you were faithful. Remind me of those times that you were good. 
I focus on my failures? See, that's a, a trick of the enemy too. He'll get you to focus on what you've done wrong. Remembering all those times that you messed up. See, that's not God. That's, that's never God that's reminding us. Because if it's under the blood, if we've asked forgiveness and gained forgiveness for that, he, he's never going to bring it up again. So you keep remembering that. Uh, the devil's a lie. So when we begin to think, oh, I forgot the bread. I messed up. I forgot the bread. Or like Peter, oh, I started sinking. You know, what would, what would Peter have done if, if instead of calling out to the Lord in that time, what would he have done? What, what we have to do when we mess up, go to the Lord. Lord, I messed up. Forgive me. Help me not remember those, those wrong things I've done, but remember the good things that you've done. When I keep remembering my failures, I'll lose sight of his faithfulness. I know that I'm unable in myself, but my faith does not rest on me. So, we have all been given a measure of faith, each and every one of us. But if your faith is feeling puny, it's time to grow. Because we're able to see an increase in faith when we take heed and beware, look out for those things that are causing doubts within us. Take those feelings to the Lord. Take them to somebody that you trust. It's okay to feel doubts. It's okay to have questions about things, but you need to deal with them. Go to the Word. Find out what God says about it. Through prayer, hear from Him. Exercise your mind. Growing our faith by asking questions, by seeking answers from God. And exercise our memory because our faith is made stronger when we remind our soul of all that he has done. As the music plays, we'll go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to increase our faith. Ask him to do in us an immediate growth Heavenly Father, we come to you giving you praise, giving you thanks. Thank you, Lord, because you are good. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. Thank you, Lord, that you have never failed us. Thank you, Lord, that you know all things. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us to come boldly before your throne and bring needs, bring requests to you. To even bring our doubts and our fears to you, you allow us to do that. And we are so thankful. Father, I thank you and I praise you. Because you are so good. I ask you now that you would increase our faith. For each of us, there's room to grow. Whether our faith is very small 
or whether it's big faith, we can still have more. And we ask you today that you would increase our faith. Lord, that you would make us aware of the attacks of the enemy, those times that he wants to come in and plant doubt in our hearts, that we'd be aware of it. And that we would guard our heart and our mind against those things. That we would use the word. That each and every time he comes against us, that, that we would speak against him. Tell him he can't stay around. Father, I pray that you would help us to exercise our minds. To learn more and more about you. To not just take your word at face value, but understand that there is more, there is deeper. There is something that you are trying to get through to us. God, that you would help us to know more than we've ever known. God, I pray over each person a hunger, a desire to know more about you, God. Father, I pray as well that we would exercise our memory that you would bring back to our remembrance those times that you've been good. That you would bring back to our remembrance those times you've been faithful. That you would bring back to our remembrance those times that you healed and that you provided and that you saved and that you rescued and you delivered. God, bring back to our minds each and every time that you answered a prayer even before we spoke it. God, bring back to our memory how good and faithful and true you are. God, I pray for each and every person here today. You know where we are mentally, emotionally, spiritually. God, if there's someone here who doesn't know you as their Savior, who has never accepted you into their heart, I pray right now that they would understand that all they have to do is just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive my sin. I trust you as Savior. It's as simple as that, God. I pray for all those who are hurting, that you would lift them up. Wrap your arms around them, God. Help us to experience your great love. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. And we say, over your people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you and give you his peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This does conclude our regular service. We will have five minutes um, to...